Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. He is the brand new head coach of your Carolina Panthers, and we're lucky enough to have a few minutes with him here, get a chance to talk to him for the first time. He joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, Coach Dave Canales. Coach, thanks for coming on, and congratulations. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for uh, having me. I'm really excited to uh, hear what kind of ideas you guys have for me. <laughs> but I wish I would have had that going into the interview. That might have given me a little leg up. Coach, you, are you coach, actually... we, can, you, we can YouTube some plays for you, Coach. <laughs> coach, I, I think you want to hear our ideas and then go the opposite way. I, like, I feel like that's the, <laughs> that's the way you use us as a tool um, uh, to, to make the right decisions. Um, all right, so let's talk about it, Coach. One of my favorite things about you is your passion and your fire and your energy. And I know you've given credit to mentors of the past, including Pete Carroll for that. But is this, I get the feeling it's also natural. Like I get the feeling like a little young Dave Canales was probably, you know, maybe a spirited child, you know, in the, <laughs> in the house playing sports and throwing the ball around. Like, were you always like this? Because I don't think this is something you've had to work on. Am I right about that? Oh, definitely. I got, I got two brothers, so I'm the middle of three boys. <laughs> Um, and it was just sports. It was pandemonium. We were gathering all the, the neighborhood kids, all of us together, going to the park. And pretty early on, you know, I start kind of diagramming and drawing my own plays. I wish I could find a, a, a drawing of some at some point. But for me, it was really like, put me at all-time quarterback. Let's make this thing happen, you know. And um, so, yeah, it really, it really started pretty early on. Coach, how important is it for you going into this opportunity as a first-time head coach to already have that pre-existing relationship that you have with the GM and Dan Morgan. Oh, it's huge, right? So uh, around here, we talk about alignment. You know, we talk about, um, first of all, getting the right people together, you know, so we're working really hard, uh, still trying to assemble a staff, but some great carryover on the defensive side, EJ Evero, one of the best in the game. Um, so, and just, you know, some of the, the things that I got to see firsthand there, but then, you know, talking about Dan, um, and just knowing that we're looking for the same type of person, the same dudes, um, to get out there on the field and, you know, having some experience with some reference points, we could say like, Hey, this guy reminds me of so-and-so who we saw had success, you know? And, um, of course we've been, you know, i I was in Tampa for a year and he spent some time in Buffalo. So there's, there's some, uh, some good touching points right there that we have in common. And I think that, you know, this, we have different personalities, but the passion is the same. Uh, the style of football we want to play is is really in a line. So now we're just trying to build a culture and environment for these players to really thrive. We're talking with Dave Canales, brand new head coach for your Carolina Panthers here on the Mac and Bone Show. Coach, um, obviously one of the things we care the most about as fans is Bryce Young's development and how he comes along. And one of the things that you know had us talking about you early in the process was you know, whoa, look at look at the way Geno played. Coach was working with him there. Look at look at Baker's year last year. When you look at Bryce Young, a lot of us say Coach Canales has to fix him. That's a word that's been used. 
Do you look at Bryce having a rough year like he needs fixing? Like what what when you watch the tape of Bryce Young, what do you see? You know, uh, my approach with Bryce, uh, this doesn't feel like a fix-it project at all. Um, for me, what I see is an accurate passer. I see a guy who's got courage in the pocket. I see a guy who pops back up and just keeps rocking. Um, he's just built and wired that way. And so for me, it's no different than any other quarterback. It's like, what are the fundamental things? What are the most basic fundamentals that he can sink his teeth into um, to just take the next step in improvement. You know, I want to make sure that he understands, and I want to make sure that everybody understands the way that the quarterback position is supposed to be played is you do your 111. You just do your job, you know, and and the talent, the innate ability, the first, first overall pick, all that ability will show up, and we'll need those special plays three to five times a game. But we don't need it on every single snap. We just need him to be able to understand what we're trying to get done and just do his part in it. And I think that really is, is an approach that I've taken with a bunch of guys to alleviate that stress of having to carry something. Yeah. Where do you think the most improvement around Bryce needs to come from? Not just his individual uh, growth, but what can this team do better to help him out? You know, I'm still uh, getting through all the film. You know, I, uh, I had a good a couple of days to really hone in on the offensive side, of course, playing the Panthers. I was looking at their defense mostly, but um, so I'm still kind of, you know, sifting my way through the weeds, if you will, just the details of it. But in a, in general, just giving us a system and a starting point that feels uh, cohesive, um, that feels like there's a marriage between the run and the pass game. You know, what is it? What type of play is it? Um, and really just kind of protecting some of the scheme and having just an intelligent approach that's unified. Um, so that's what I feel like is the biggest thing that I can bring here is just um, just a really – you know, I want to say seamless, you know, there's always challenges, but just to become an identity and have something that the guys can be proud of and hang their hat on. Coach, one of the things we're stoked about as Panther fans here on this show is the news about Ajiro Vero. Um, and it sounds like much of his staff, too. It sounds like a lot of the defensive staff, too, is going to come back. How big is that for you? To have, you know, that side of the ball, they don't need to change schemes. You know they did good things last year. Like, how big of a deal is that? And was there behind the scenes where you guys kind of, was there a recruiting process? Like, did y'all have to, did you have to convince Avero, hey, here's what we're doing here and you can be a part of it? What what had been going on behind the scenes? Yeah, I don't want to give too much away about that part. Um, other than I can just tell you, like, coaching across the, across the ball from him for years now. Um, when he was in Denver, we played them early on. Uh, in Seattle, and then uh, coached against him when he was in L.A. Like, we even go as far back as we were quality controls in Seattle, and he was in San Francisco. So I just have this, like, huge, huge amount of respect for the guy. Um, and for me, it was just kind of like this dream come true, like a real dream team feel of, of two young coaches um, who are really excited, know how to lead men, and really just put a good football product out there. So I can't, I can't say how... I can't say enough how important um, he is going forward. Coach, analytical debates, as you can imagine, were, were raging last week after the NFC Championship game. What is your view and philosophy when it comes to analytics as far as game management goes? Analytics is a great starting point. Um, these are the, this is the way that you can protect yourself from missing great opportunities um, to increase your percentages of scoring, but also to increase just another possession. 
So I think that that's a huge starting point. And then I know that there is a just an element of like, yes, those are the numbers, but how are we doing today? Um, how is this defense playing us today? And all those things factor in. Um, this is not a perfect science, um, but I, I believe that analytics can be really utilized to kind of identify some of the outliers um, that gives you kind of a starting point. And then from there, you got to look at who you are and who, who you are today. You know, those are really uh, important things for me. Dave Canales, Panthers head coach with us. A couple more minutes here. He's nice enough to join us as he starts digging into film and, and he and Dan Morgan get ready to get after it this offseason. Coach, uh, I kept hearing this before you were hired, like while the process was going on. I'd heard other fans that I know of other teams tell me this. The national media would say this. Oh, that, that Panthers job. Hardly anybody's going to want that Panthers job. Listen to some of the stories about David Tepper as an owner. Look at the personnel on the team. Clearly, you wanted this Panther job, and you weren't alone. You were competing with others. What? Do, why was this job attractive, and, and why, in your opinion, are those people that said, oh, this isn't a good job, why were they wrong? You know, first things first, like I, 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 um, I look at Bryce Young and, and immediately was getting ready for the interview just looking at this in Seattle you know, we were never anywhere close to getting that first overall pick. You know, we had some success. We're in the playoffs, so you're always in that, like, high 20s in the first round. And, and to be, to have an opportunity to be a part of the development of a player like this, um, just an unbelievable chance for me. And then and then on top of that, you know, just looking at what was already here, you know, looking at the uh, the character of a team that really saw some hard days like that, you You'll build a lot of good armor that way, and the reports I've gotten is the guy stuck together and kept playing hard. So what a great just like uh, foundational building block of a team with character. Um, and then for me, you know, just look again, just facing this defense twice a year. You know, I mean, two times last year, and seeing how good the scheme was, and seeing some key pieces in place that really give us a chance to play great defense, which is really critical as you're starting to formulate an identity of toughness an identity of championship football. So a great starting point. So for me, I said, shoot, if I can get in here and get our stuff sorted out and get our football right on the offensive side, and if we can be crazier about how we practice every day and about getting after the ball um, and do some simple things like that, if I told you it was that simple, like all of a sudden I'm just getting so fired up about this opportunity. Um, And then as I've gotten here and spent time in the building, we have everything we need to go where we want to go. Coach, as far as to go where you want to go, you could, as you could imagine, there's a lot of fans that are down right now. It's been a rough couple of years. There's a lot of negativity that surrounds this fan base. What's your message to the person out there that's listening and they're either disengaged or they're down on the franchise? What's your message to that fan of where you hope to take this thing? Yeah, follow along with us and let's just win every day. Every single day right now is important as we're starting to formulate you know, the staff, as we're starting to look at the roster and the free agency and, and, the, and the draft and all those things, like what does a win look like today? Um, and as we, as we take these steps throughout this offseason in the spring um, and start to become us, you know, that it's just this daily commitment, a daily commitment to pursuing excellence, to building a champion. And we're looking for championship days. That's a, it's kind of the language that we've been using around here is, wow, that felt like a win today, you know, and, and quantifying those things just based on the phases of, of football that we're in right now. So um, just talking to all across the Carolinas all and across the country, all of our Panthers fan bases, let's take this one day at a time and let's look for championship moments. 
All right, Coach. Uh, a couple quick things here before we get you out of here. Uh, yesterday, you know, you, you uh, answered Bone's question earlier about knowing Dan Morgan, you know, and how that helps, you know, kind of hit the ground running, right? You guys have known each other for a while from back in Seattle. Well, yesterday, Dan was on our afternoon show with Kyle Bailey, and Dan was kind of asked about you and the interview process, and he was asked, you know, hey, did, did Dan always have you on a list? Like, hey, when I get to hire a coach, you know, and be a part of hiring, I, I want this guy. And he said, yeah, there was some truth to that. But he said that they were doing their last Zoom interview. This is when you really made an impact. The group was on, you know, doing interviews, Zoom interviews all day with coaches. And they were tired and they were dragging and they just wanted to kind of get it over with, right? And here comes your interview. And he basically says you came on with such energy, optimism, and a plan that you essentially woke them all up. Did you sense the Zoom was dragging, coach? Did you sense <laughs> that you needed to put some wind in their sails? <laughs> I got to be honest, I was kind of dragging. You know, we had a big game coming up. We were we were prepping to go play the Lions, you know, and it was on a Thursday night kind of at the end of yeah. the game plan week. But but for me, it was about another championship moment. It was like, yeah. how can I win this moment? Well, I got to make sure that they're able to feel what they're going to get every single day. And I think the, the truth of it is, is I didn't have to fake it. That's just how I approach things and who I am. And it just felt like it fit with the Teppers, it fit with Dan Morgan, and it fit with all the rest of the people that were on the panel, um, just the type of energy and passion that we want to have in this building as we build this team. And so it just felt like it made sense. It felt so yeah. natural. Um, and I'm glad that they were they were able to kind of, you know, get a little pick-me-up, you know, because I, I, <laughs> I know that these interview process can definitely be daunting. So when, when you had conversations in your decade and a half with Pete Carroll, what – what was that energy like when your energy meshed with Pete Carroll? That's like an energy NASCAR racer crying out loud, is it not? Is it not? Oh, yeah. And, again, same thing. It was just an alignment of, of uh, people who were wired very similarly. <laughs> he never asked us to be like him. He yeah. just asked us to bring all that we are, bring all of you every day. It starts with us. The players will follow. And it was so natural for me to do that. And then just to get his blessing to say now – Go do it your way, you know, and just having those yeah. guiding principles uh, to help me along. Just, right. don't, just don't go shirtless like he did in the war room for DK Metcalf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That, and that's Pete, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um, uh, last thing I want to ask you about, Coach, just like you, I have uh, kids. I know you have four, I think. I have two. I can't imagine four. Y'all y'all must be uh, just troopers uh, at the house. But how does your wife and how do the kids feel? This is the second move. Y'all were in Seattle for a long time. Then you make the move to Tampa. This is a little shorter move. But how does everybody feel about the move to Charlotte and changing locations again in the Carolinas? What's the vibe in the Canales household? You know, they moved to Tampa in April, and we spent the summer there kind of, you know, bopping in and out of beach towns, just trying to get ourselves, you know, acclimated to to being there. Um, but I can't say enough about the Panthers organization, the warm reception that we received. Um, it was such a blessing to see my 14-year-old Ashby and my 11-year-old Ben um, just really kind of feel that love and that excitement that we're here. Um, they, you know, they drove around town in Charlotte here, just kind of looking at different areas, got to see some cool things. And I think that whole reception has just made them really excited about the opportunity. And for my wife, Lizzie, you know, she's the, she's the hero of this whole story, you know, and, and for her to really just know this is a dream come true for both of us, something that we've been thinking about and talking about for a long time, you know, it, it feels like all the things are just, you know, coming together at once. Um, 
but I can't say enough about just the reception that we got here, really helping this difficult transition you know, as they've made friends and and now um you know here we go finding a new place but there's a lot of excitement in the canalis household right now it's uh, that's awesome that is awesome and i can relate to you coach my wife is also the star of the show at the house there is absolutely it's my dog coach that's yeah, a star, she is a star. Kid, yeah. famous dog famous yeah. dog all right and Co- that's what i said too I, said, I can't believe they hired me without talking to lizzie first i mean shoot i feel like they they just kind of did half of an interview but once they get to know her and what she brings it's kind of a dynamic duo there. They may have hired her. They may have made you like the one of the assistant, the, the OC, and she would have been the head coach, man. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Coach. Well, hey, it's thanks, a pleasure coach. talking to you. We're excited to see what you guys do. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier this week on the Wesson Walker Show... Let's go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and welcome Charlotte 49er Athletic Director Mike Hill to the program. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for the time. How are you doing after this weekend? Hey, I'm doing great. It's uh, We're still on a high after such a special weekend. Good to, good to visit with you guys. Mike, how good does it feel for you as an AD to hire a guy, man, and it works out like that? Like, what did this moment symbolize for you as far as the process you went through and finding the leader for Charlotte basketball? Well, look, you know, when, when I arrived here six years ago, we all know the state of the program at that time was, was not great, right? It was a six-win program. It lost 15 of 16, um, a proud program with an amazing past, but uh, had really been in, in, uh, in the desert for a while. And so, you know, we were committed to building something special. That was what attracted me to this job was I love basketball. And it's important to me that we have great success here. And so, um, you know, fast forward to where we are today, and I, I think back to – sort of the trauma that we went through last summer with a, a really, really late coaching uh, decision to, to, to depart with Coach Sanchez and what to do. And, and the players and the staff were, you know, in a bad place and, and they were in shock and we were all trying to manage and deal with it. And I know this, that when we went through that process and I sat down with Coach Fern to listen to what his vision would be for the program and listen to our players, um, it was crystal clear what we needed to do in that moment. And it felt right from the start when we hired Aaron, the, the way he managed the team through that really difficult period um, and the way he has conducted himself and led the program since that time. Um, I know that the non-conference schedule was a little bumpy for us. Um, and But, you know, he and I talked about that before the season, that it might take us the full non-conference schedule to kind of find our footing um, as he, you know, made some adjustments and tweaks to – some of the things we were doing offensively and defensively, obviously a lot of the core is similar, but we're doing some different things here too. You've noticed particularly with offensive rebounding is tag up system, um, you know, and also integrating, you know, some, some new players, obviously Deshaun Jackson has been a major force as a part of that. But the bottom line is um, it is extremely gratifying because we made a decision that was, um, 
you know, during an extremely difficult, high-stress, pressurized point, and very clearly it was the right one. And I'm just happy for our guys who went through hell last summer, and I'm also really happy for our fans because they've been in purgatory for a long time, and this is exactly what we've been waiting for. And, Mike, you talked about what a basketball guy you are. When you went and watched them play, as opposed to what you had seen previously, at what point did you feel like that this team was something different from what you had been seeing? Well, I think, you know, what we've seen, even in some defeats earlier in the year, and with this was, there was a learning process and some growth for sure they went, had to go through in some failure, and that's certainly part of the process, right? But there's a, there's a tenacity and a, and a competitive disposition that this team has that I just think separates itself from what we've seen in, in recent years. Um, and it gives you a chance to win every, every game. Look, you look at our schedule and you recognize that while there's, you know, there's a lot of danger spots on the schedule and there's not a game on the schedule that you don't go into, you know, concerned about, you also realize you could win. There's not a game on the schedule you couldn't win, you know? Um, and so that is gratifying because it means that you've got a group of guys who believe in each other they're playing with a great deal of confidence right now. Um, you know, the, the, the buzzword now we all hear in, in college basketball, in basketball period, is they're connected, right? But they are connected, and you see that. You see it in the locker room. You see it on the, on the floor when they play. Um, they compete at a, at a really high level. We may, not, we may not be the most talented team in the American but we are one of the best teams in the American because of how we play, and we're a tough out. And I just think that that's going to continue the rest of the season. If, if these guys can, uh, you know, continue to learn how to play with the bullseye on their back because they have it now, you know, we were we were the, the hunter and now we're the hunted, you know, sitting atop the league at eight and one, and that's that that's a part of growing as a program too is learning how to win and, and living up to the moment. And Saturday we lived up to the moment. National television, packed house, a rival that comes in who would love nothing better. Than to knock us off and kind of you know uh, you know ru- ruin uh, ruin a, a lot of fun for us and instead we met the moment and um, and we won the game and so I'm just so proud of them and I, I love what I see the tenacity the toughness the competitive spirit and can't wait to see uh, see us play again tomorrow night. Yes, Charlotte. Charlotte's been meeting the moment every time. Like they beat FAU and then it's like oh the letdown games coming up after that but then they win that one and then they keep on rolling. It's so true they have met the moment. With Coach Fern at the helm, that's the voice of Mike Hill, the athletic director of the Charlotte 49ers, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Mike, I do want to go back to that coach hiring process. You mentioned during the process, not only did you hear from what Coach Fern had to say himself, but you also were listening to what the players had to say. What were they saying about Coach Fern? Well, the first meeting that we had as a group with the team after they were sort of processing the shock of it all was that they really wanted to they wanted to play together first of all that was important to them and they wanted to play for coach fern and they felt like the best chance that they had to play together was if we hired coach fern because the truth of the matter was this we were at risk of losing multiple players on this roster if we had hired externally okay and the rules are and i get the rules but it makes it really tough if you lose your coach that the players automatically have a 30-day window they can enter the transfer portal, even if the transfer portal for the rest of the country is closed. So in that situation, our whole roster would have been available for other teams to pick apart, and it was happening. Okay, we know (laughs) they were being recruited 
by other programs. I mean, it was tampering with a capital T across the board. And I'm confident that we would have lost at least two-thirds of our roster if we'd gone another direction. But it wasn't just that, although obviously that was a that was a major factor. I didn't want us to go into a new conference that has some basketball uh, prestige and sort of limp into it with a roster that had been depleted, but also just listening to these guys and knowing you know, how, how badly they did want to play together and, and, and having some empathy for what they were going through. And it just felt like this was the best opportunity that we had to have a chance to succeed. And not only did I meet with the, the team as a group along with our, our staff, um, but I had several one-on-one conversations with, with multiple players on our team and uh, even with a, a couple of parents who reached out. Um, and I can tell you the, the night uh, before the decision was made, um, I had a great conversation uh, with Igor Milicic, who obviously is having a hell of a year, mm-hmm. you know. And I just asked him again. I said, Igor, you know, nine days ago you told me that you wanted to play for Coach Fern. And um, I just wanted to call and make sure that's still the case, that, you know, if we hire Coach Fern, that you still want to play here together with with your teammates. And he said, yes, sir, absolutely. And the next day, um, I brought in four more players into my office. I asked them the same question. I got the same response. And to be perfectly honest with you, even though I got those responses and I believed that they believed that, I still thought there was a chance that we might lose a couple of guys because of maybe some offers that might be made that we, you know, just couldn't compete with, but none of them left. And here we are today with a team that is performing at a really high level. And honestly, you look at the roster, unless the NCAA rules change again, which God only knows that seems to happen every week. Um, this whole team could be back next year, <laughs> you know? So uh, that's pretty exciting. No, it's incredible. That's awesome that you were able to talk to the players like that. That's the voice of Charlotte 49er Athletic Director Mike Hill. And Mike, I don't want to belabor the process, right? Like, I just, I want to focus too on how difficult that was. And this is no shade to Coach Sanchez. He felt that it was best to leave Virginia, and and so be it. I, I still have to imagine that puts you in a tough spot. How difficult was this hiring process compared to others that you've had? You've had a decent amount in your uh, six-year tenure so far. It was really difficult. Um, just, you know, enormous, uh, pressure because honestly, you know, you're not used to conducting a, a, a search like this at that time of year and knowing that most of, uh, the coaches across the country had already established their rosters for the upcoming season through the portal and through recruiting and would be maybe reluctant to even consider this job right now. That said, you know, there were, there were some really quality coaches who, uh, were interested in this opportunity along with coach Fern. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a huge stressor. Um, and, and I think, you know, we tried to be, uh, deliberate and smart, but also we had to act with as much swiftness as possible because we were in danger of losing our roster. And if we took too long, we were going to see guys leave. And so we couldn't afford to do that either. So it wasn't an artificial deadline, right? Sometimes we impose artificial deadlines on ourselves in these searches. This was not artificial. Like there was a real sense of urgency that we had to have. And you hate rushing into, into decisions that are of this magnitude. And um, so in the end, you know, obviously we got it right. Um, and I'm really, really thankful for that. I think we spent a ton of time assessing, evaluating, and preparing to make the move that we made and, and it, and it, and it was the right call, but it was extremely difficult. And I'll just say this too. Um, I know we've got a large segment of our fan base 
um, who, you know, want nothing to do with Coach Sanchez and, and want to vilify him. And, and I understand that. I do. Um, and I was not happy. Ron will tell you I was not happy either with the timing of his decision. But I also look at this and realize that the roster that we have and the head coach that we have today, Ron Sanchez brought them here, right? And so I am grateful for that because right now we're competing at a very high level in a league that is, uh, you know, a step up from maybe even where we were before. Um, and we wouldn't have these guys here without him. So I thank him for that. But I also know this, that um, we're having a level of success that we haven't seen here in a really long time. And I could not be more excited for Coach Fern and our players and our fans. Mike, when you look at this process, too, with Fern coming in and being a first-year head coach, they always need a player on the roster to be that messenger to help keep the guys on board, keep them focused. What player from your vantage point has been the biggest catalyst for uh, the success and and their their turnaround this year, so to speak, to get things together for Coach Fern? Look, I think, you know, the best teams, championship-level teams, are player-led. And you can have a really talented team, but if you don't have leadership on your roster and they're all looking to the head coach and the bench for direction and leadership, you're not going to win at a high level. It's just not going to happen. And so um, I think we have several guys on this team who you know, lead by example and with their voice. I think about, um, I think about Deshaun Jackson, um, who is a you know, really bright, strong leader. And um, I think about Lukai Patterson, obviously, um, as well. And Jackson Threadgill, who's coming off the bench now, uh, is another one who's a, got a really strong voice and is almost like a coach out there on the floor when he is there in the game. The coaches see him that way. And so we've got a bunch of guys, Igor, I mean, others. You know, I, I hate leaving people out, but I'm just singling out the ones who really stand out to me as, as guys who use their voice and who lead through their actions as well that provide, you know, Coach Fern and his staff what they need out there. And it's inspiring. Mike, last thing that I have for you, as far as this resurgence of Charlotte 49ers basketball, what traits do you want to see carry over from this that will hopefully carry over into the fall for football this upcoming season? Well, number one, um, the, the, just the energy and the enthusiasm around our program right now. Look, we have so much great stuff happening on this campus, not just in athletics, but as a university. And, you know, you saw it last fall. Um, gosh, the energy around our football program was spectacular. We had, you know, overflow crowds for the first three games of the year and a lot of excitement around the guys and around Coach Poggi. And I expect that to happen again this fall. I think that based on what I've seen, you know, what we, the talent that we've brought in, certainly at quarterback, at receiver, and other key positions, and knowing that the kind of defense that we were able to play last year, which was a dramatically improved defense, um, I can't wait to see uh, see this team compete this fall. And so if this football team can take what this basketball team has demonstrated as key, and that is togetherness, connectedness, focus, player-led uh, strength, they'll have success. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's a great home schedule. You know, James Madison and Tulane and South Florida and UAB – uh, among others, it, it, it's an awesome schedule. And I think our ECU, you know, our fans are going to love it. And uh, hopefully we have packed houses, all six uh, 
home games this fall the way we saw in Halton Arena on Saturday. Yeah, it was great to great to see Biff Pogey out there as well, celebrating with the win. Also, huge win for Karen Consuegra as well and the women's team. Awesome stuff from her. Great to be a 49er right now. That's for sure. That's why we have Mike Hill, Charlotte 49er Athletic Director, talking about all of the positivity surrounding Charlotte Athletics, including the men's basketball team. You can go find him on Twitter, by the way, constantly supporting his school at R Mike Hill. Mike, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Hey, thank you guys so much. Go Niners. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to three. Sit tight and stay locked because instant replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Earlier this week on the Kyle Bailey Show... As promised, as advertised right now, we talk a little Panther football just a few days removed from the introduction, not that he needed one, of the new president of football ops, general manager of your Carolina Panthers and head coach Dave Canales. But we've got the former Dan Morgan with us on the Body Body Works Plus guest hotline to chop it up a bit here on a Monday. What's going on, Dan Morgan? How you been, man? Congratulations. Thanks, Kyle. How you doing, Matt? I'm good. I'm good. I, I had a good weekend, and uh, I'm excited about you know a, a fresh beginning here and a lot of new things to talk about, and I'm sure you are too. Um, let's go back to Thursday here for a couple of minutes, though. Just put put me in the in the mind of Dan Morgan. You're sitting there. You're facing out. You've got Moose. You've got uh, you know former teammates. You've got family. You've got assembled media. You've got everybody sitting there for you and Dave Canales and you in particular to become the general manager of the Carolina Panthers. What was that feeling like? What do you think? as you're sitting down you know i i was just really excited first of all just to obviously playing here for seven years and then able to come back here full circle and be the gm of a team that you really care for and love and love the city and love the carolinas so to be able to come back here is really a dream come true and um you know i'm just really looking forward to get getting to work and uh build this roster the the right way Okay, we'll get to the roster building in a second, but uh, let me ask you this up top. So the team goes 2-15 and 15 last year. You're the assistant general manager of it. Uh, we talk Panthers and it's sports every day here on the station in the Queen City, and there were people who asked me, hey, are, are we sure that uh, a guy who was in the front office for 2-15 and 15 being promoted is, is how this team is going to figure it out and get back to the promised land? How would you defend yourself in that question and say, hey, you know, I know I was here for 2-15, and 15, but here's why we're going to get it right right now. Right, I get that. Um, you know, obviously Scott's one of my good friends, and I really appreciate him for bringing me back here. Um, but I'm excited about the future and, um, you know, what what we think we can do here. Um, I learned under some really good, really good guys. Um, under John Schneider out in Seattle, uh, Brandon Bean up in Buffalo, Joe Shane was on staff there. You know, so I feel, I feel like I'm well-equipped to take over. Um, I have a lot of my new ideas you know, some of my new ideas and, and ways that I do things. So uh, I'm just looking forward to getting to work and, and doing this thing the right way. And um, I'm just excited about get going, getting going. So you're looking for an edge, right? Every general manager, every front office in the league is looking for an edge when it comes to winning, to roster building and, and that sort of thing. 
you know, it's amazing to me whether it's football, basketball, even baseball. We've got more data, more information at our fingertips than ever before. And that, that applies to analytics, to, you know, the draft and evaluating players, both collegiate and pro. Um, and it feels like in some ways, you know, kind of crazy to watch certain organizations with this abundance of information still get it wrong time and time again. What's the edge you're looking for? I, I guess you talked about looking for dogs on Thursday. How do you differentiate in 2024 between who's a dog and who's not? You know, I, I think, uh, you know, when you talk about when I talk about dogs and, and finding those type of guys, I think it's not just what they do on the football field, the passion that they play with. Uh, the competitors that they are, but it's also how they carry themselves off the field. Um, you know, how they're handling their business in the locker room, in the training room, in the weight room, uh, doing things the right way, holding others accountable, holding themselves accountable. Um, I think it really um, is about the total package, not just what they do on the field. You know, so we're going to look for those guys with those type of intangibles. Um you know, and obviously they got to be dogs all that out on the field, um, competitors with chips on their shoulder, and uh, just a relentless pursuit to be great. You know, um, good organizations, good general managers, kind of like a good AD, let's say, in college football. You've always got a short list in your pocket of guys that you might call to hire if you need to, right? So, you know, with all the years that you've known Dave Canales, is this a situation where, you know, for years now you've had that list and you said, man, if I ever get to hire a head coach, Dave Canales is going to be that guy? Or did, did he really maybe sell you this year with what he did in Tampa? Yeah, I think Dave Dave was definitely on the list. Um you know, the, his first interview, we had a Zoom with him, and he just blew us away. Um, it, was, it was the last Zoom of the day. Uh, we were all tired. All the, all the people that were on the call, we were tired. And Dave came on there, and he woke us up, and we were just like, wow. He just blew us away. You know, just with his energy and his passion for what he does, we were just, we were just blown away. And then, you know, we bring him back after that, you know, to an in-person interview, and again, just kind of blew us away. Um, obviously, I knew him, um, and I knew what he was about. But the how prepared he was in the interview, um, how confident he was, the plan that he laid out, and his ability to develop quarterbacks, and not only that, just his offensive IQ. Um, it, it was just really impressive, and it was hard for us to turn down. Okay, so then with that in mind, you've you've obviously hired this guy in large part to to you know help the quarterback going into his second year. How do you envision Dave Canales helping this quarterback most of all? Because Bryce Young, as we all know, even with some of the good stuff that he did, his rookie year was uh, rather rough at times. What what is Dave going to do to to fix Bryce Young, for lack of a better word? Yeah, I don't I don't think it's just just Dave that's going to be the one to fix it. You know, I think it comes down to personnel. I think it comes down to, you know, adding playmakers to our offense, adding more playmakers to our offense, um, building our offensive line, making our offensive line firm, um, doing all those little things. So it's not just on Dave. Um, it's on all of us here in the organization to do our part and to make this team a winner. And um, I know Dave's going to do a great job with Bryce to answer your question. Um, he's very detailed. He's a technician. And I know that he's going to utilize Bryce the right way in terms of what Bryce does good. Um, so I'm excited. I'm really excited about Dave as our head coach and working with Bryce and, and leading this organization. Well, what, what is, what's the priority offensively to get the quarterback some help and get this offense back on track? Are you more concerned about protection? Are you more concerned about you know, finding a top-end offensive weapon for the quarterback? Where, where do you sit on that? 
Um, I think I'm just, um, uh, you know, we're really focused on just finding really good football players. Um, guys that can score touchdowns, guys that can make plays, guys that can pass protect, set a firm pocket, are mean or tough, um, competitors, like I said before, and guys that have to all in them. Um, so, you know, I'm going to stick with that. Um, we just want to find really good football players. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot of work. And, and we're doing that right now as a scouting staff. We're in our draft room with free agency meetings right now. Uh, we have draft meetings next week. So, you know, it's moving along and we're putting the work in. And, you know, we'll see what the results are after that. What's your position or, or view on Iki Aquanu going into year three? Good, good rookie season, struggled a lot in year two. There's clearly been some scheme change and a lot of turnover, but it seems like a pivotal year for Ricky in year three. What, what should we expect to see, and how do you treat him going into the season? Yeah, you know, um, obviously we have a new staff. Um, you know, some of the coaches, they're not in here yet, offensive line coaches. So it's kind of new in terms of what we're talking about doing with our offensive line. Um, you know, but with Icky, I, I love Icky. Um, the competitor, the toughness, um, he has all the tools that you need to be a really good left tackle in this league, I believe. So, um, you know, I think it's yet to be seen what we're going to do up front, but I'm really excited about Icky and, and his future. Dan Morgan, General Manager, President of Football Operations, your Carolina Panthers. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Um, is Jero Evero coming back as the defensive coordinator? That seems massive. I don't mean to bury the lead there. There's just a lot of things I want to ask you, but um, that, that feels massive for the organization coming back next year. Can you walk us through you know, how you, you got here bringing him back, especially given the fact that you know there was interest around the league for him to interview as both a head coach and a D.C. elsewhere? Well, the great part is, is he never left. Um, and thank God he didn't because, in my opinion, he's the best defensive coordinator in the NFL. Uh, we're lucky to have him. Um, I'm really excited to be working with him again. Um, and I think he's going to be a head coach here soon. So, again, I love EJ um, and, all the, and all the things that he brings to this organization and just really excited to work with him again. Speaking of his defense, uh, let me start with Brian Burns here. That that is a situation that uh, I don't envy you, or, or you know, really either side in figuring out. Just because we're we're at this point after a couple of years, can maybe it's not as bad from your view. Tell me how you get this Brian Burns situation dealt with while still trying to secure the future of your defense with guys like Brown and Luvu and others. Yeah, you know, I, I love I love Brian. Um, great person, great player. Um, Obviously, he's a player that, you know, premiered his position. Um, you know, we're, we're still going over options. Uh, we're still talking things out. It's still early in the process um, in terms of roster construction and kind of laying out a plan for the future. Um, but we love Brian, and, um, you know, he, he's one of our guys. And, you know, we'll just kind of see where it goes here in the future. Fair enough. Do, do you think that you can, though, you know, find a way to secure his future here on top of, you know, doing the same for Derek Brown and a guy like Frankie Luvo? Is that doable? Yeah, you know, I think, I think you know, we're, we're in the business of, of trying to keep our, our good players and our core players. Um, you know, we're going to do everything in our power, you know, to make that happen. Obviously, there's no guarantees in this league. Um, but but listen, we're going to try to do do our best to to make that happen. 
Dan, a few more things. We'll uh, we'll let you go here. I asked you on Thursday at the press conference about Brant Tillis, but I'd like to go back there if we can because um, I think it's a great hire for a lot of reasons. You you seem to think the same thing. Uh, but a guy who was, uh, I believe, the lead negotiator on Patrick Mahomes' deal. He's been out there for six straight runs to the conference title games, a couple of Super Bowls. It's not that I don't think Carolina's a good job. Uh, it certainly is. But you just got the guy to go from that situation to this one. Uh, it seems like kind of the same gig. I, I don't know. Like, how big is that? How do you convince Brant Tillis to come help you, you know, given that he had a pretty cushy gig out there in Kansas City as well? Yeah, obviously, I think it's a huge get for us here. Um, you know, to be able to work with Brandt hip to hip, uh, the knowledge that he brings to that position, uh, you know, about football, about, you know, roster construction, he's an invaluable weapon for us. So uh, I'm super excited to be working hip to hip with him, uh, you know, building this roster out and, you know, just excited to get to work with him and, and, you know, we'll see where it goes. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, Dan, you know, as far as uh, th- this team's culture goes, you know, the keep pounding is the mantra. There's been a, I think, distinct style of football played here uh, when this organization has been successful. And you, a lot of folks say Dan understands that. Is it fair to say maybe that the organization from a philosophical standpoint on, on the football side has gotten away from that and that maybe you're, you're trying to get them back to the culture that, you know, has coincided with winning football here? You know, again, I talked about it in my, you know, in, in the press conference me and Dave had. And again, the, the logo, we have to make that feared again. Um, right now, it's not feared. Um, you know, we're. Let's call it what it is. Like we were one of the worst teams in NFL football last year, and you know we have to do everything in our power as as a scouting staff, a coaching staff, and players in the locker room, and everybody in this building. We just got to work hard. Um, you know, we got to bring passionate play, passionate players in this building, passionate people uh, that love football and want to win, and and are hungry to win. So. Um, I think if we do that, then uh, the future will be brighter. Hey, Dan, last thing I'll let you go. Uh, clearly, Dave Tepper has a lot of faith in you and saw enough in you to uh, to make you the guy. What's the working dynamic and relationship like with the owner? There's certainly, you've heard it, there have been allegations of an owner who maybe is a little bit too influential or heavy-handed in you know, personnel decisions. I don't need your comment on that, but um, you know, we all understand the dynamic, generally speaking, between front offices and ownership in the NFL. How would you describe yours with, with Dave Tepper and his expectations of you? You know, working with Dave and Nicole um, every single day, it's, it's great. It's fun. Um, you know, I definitely think they get a bad rap. Um, I think that they're, they're owners that are, that are passionate about winning, passionate about the city. Um, they want to do things the right way. Um, so, the, you know, bottom line is they want to win. And he's a pleasure to work with every day, Dave and Nicole. So uh, I'm excited about the future with them. Dan Morgan, General Manager, President of Football Ops of your Carolina Panthers, and uh, you've loved him for a long time. Now you get to love him for different reasons. Dan, we appreciate you, buddy. We'll uh, be talking to you soon. Sounds good. Anytime. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.